Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power packed message already in progress. to use you in such a mighty way. I thank you, God, for the privilege of standing. I thank you, God, for your faithfulness, your love, provisions, oh God. I thank you, God, for blessing us with your divine presence over and over and over and over and over again. I thank you, God, for the blessings you have bestowed upon Pleasant Grove Church. I thank you, God, that you have sent disciples here who are willing to tell the story that Jesus Christ is born. Thank you, God, for giving us a few dedicated worshipers and disciples who will do your work and praise your holy name. Thank you, God, for those who believe in your Holy Ghost message. And we thank you, God, for the privilege of worship. Thank you, God. I ask right now that you will stir our spirits, that you will bind all distractions in our brains right now in the name of Jesus, so that we will be able to say with joy that Jesus Christ was born. We bless your holy name. We go forward in worship. We thank you for those who are with us virtually, oh God. We thank you for every person in the sanctuary. We thank you for those who are coming. We thank you for those who are in Sweden and Ireland and Greece and across this world who tune in to us, oh God. And we bless your holy name. And we will always give you praise, honor, and glory. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. 
Amen. Before I go into my sermon, I want to pause to thank God for all of the workers who planned our annual church conference, which was phenomenal. I thank God for those who work during the midnight hours so that we will have a clear understanding of where we stand and how much God loves us. As a church family, I am going to say that we need to do a better job right now of thanking God for what God has done in this church this year. That's not good enough. We need to thank God for the blessings that have been bestowed upon this house. We need to thank God for all of the prayers that have been answered in this house. We, I don't hear you. We need to thank God. We need to thank God. Praise his holy name. Because God is an awesome God and worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Advent is always an interesting season for me. It's interesting because Advent is a four-week season of preparation for the coming of Christ at Christmas. It always has a theme of looking towards the future coming of Christ at the end times. And one of the prayers of the early church, which is linked with the season of waiting and longing, was the aromatic word Maranatha, which means, come, Lord. How many of you can say that? Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Say it as if an invitation to come, Lord. And what I have discovered through Advent is that God shows his mercy through the face of Jesus Christ. We need to be the face of Jesus in the world today. And during the Advent season, we are waiting for all the individuals and nations on earth to grow into the kind of relationship with each other that will encourage mutual help instead of competition and conflict. Shopping on Good Friday is good for some people. Shopping and spending all that we have and getting gifts is nothing wrong with that at all. But when every expectation that we have of Christmas is tied to a gift that we might or might not get, we are leading ourselves into a dark place. And I'm here to remind the church that regardless of what you get, Sammy, in a bag on Christmas Day, God has already delivered and we need to be praising God every day for what has already been done. So it's not that I don't want you to have turkey and gifts and trees and decorations, but I want you to show some excitement for the things that God has done. I want to focus today on three elements of Advent from my perspective. The first one is expectation. Expectation, which is also a synonym for anticipation, comes from the Latin word meaning an awaiting. If we have great expectations, we believe something good will happen or come our way. But if we keep our expectations low, we bring the risk of being disappointed. Many of us have boring and dull lives because we have low expectations. 
of ourselves and also of God. But if you live with great expectations of what God can do, then you have reason to celebrate because God is always full of blessings and surprises. And God comes when you don't expect God to show up, to take us out of misery and pain, and to deliver us to the presence of the Lord. Luke records in the third chapter and in the second verse that during the high priest Ananias and Sapphira, the word of God came to John, Zechariah, in the wilderness. Hmm. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching and baptizing of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And as I work through this passage of scripture, I decided to give my sermon the name, Clear the Clutter and Prepare for the Lord. How many of you realize that your lives are cluttered? Oh, you ought to admit it now. Come on. Clutter is when your mind and your brain are not functioning properly because you're surrounded by chaos. Clutter is a crowded or confused mess or collection. We clutter our environments and it impacts us mentally. Research shows our physical environment significantly influence our cognition, emotions, and subsequent behaviors, including our relationships one with the other. While clutter is bad for your brain, bursting cupboards and piles of paper stacked around the house may seem harmless enough, but research shows disorganization and clutter have a cumulative effect on our brains. In other words, sometimes we're acting out the clutter that is around us. And we need to be aware that we don't serve a God of clutter, that we serve a God of organization and discipline. So we need to take inventory of what is around us. Sometimes we are cluttered by bad relationships which are not sanctioned by God. Sometimes we clutter ourselves with the news, we clutter ourselves with TV ads, we clutter ourselves with Hulu and TikTok and all of the things on social media norms. I hear so many people say, yeah, I'm keeping up with JoJo over here and Annie Mae over here, but they can't tell you what's happening in the life of the church. And so it's time for us to realize there's nothing wrong with social media, but there are times when you ought to clutter yourself with the presence of Almighty God and ask for the presence of Jesus Christ. People have been found to produce more stress hormones when they are surrounded by clutter. Have you known any women who are willing to admit that they clean out their purse and they put everything back in it? If you have, you don't, nobody know any women, only one in the house that you clean out your, now I don't know if men do this or not. Do men clean out their wallets? No, they don't. You sure? Do any men clean out their wallets? No? Only women clean out our purses. We put everything back. Oh, why is it so heavy? Because it's cluttered with the same old stuff you had. And you ought to go through it again and throw away receipts from two years ago. You need to throw away old cards that you picked up walking through the shopping center. And so if you would just start practicing your life with your purse, declutter there first, then you can go somewhere and do something. During our recent visit to Florida, 
I had an opportunity to assess the clutter in my life as I heard the waves of the Gulf of Mexico and walked on the sandy beaches of Sarasota, I asked God to show me the clutter around me. And I also had a significant opportunity, Deacon Ophelia, to spend some time with our great-grandson, Austin. Many of you remember Austin. He was here last year for Deacon Jay's 80th birthday celebration. Austin came into our bedroom one morning. He said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting ready to take a shower. And he said, well, don't you know you take a shower at night? <laughs> I said, no, Austin, nobody told me that. So when we got to Florida, we had some FaceTime with Austin. And Austin is now six years old. And he is just amazing. So I find that being around children helps you to unclutter because their imaginations and expectations take you places that you will never go on your own. Austin was in the choir at school and they were singing Albuquerque Turkey. Everybody in the house knew the song because Austin kept practicing his portion of the song. And actually, although I can't sing, I was beginning to enjoy that myself, Albuquerque Turkey. And Austin was showing us how to sing it with spirit and joy. I asked him, what was he going to give me for Christmas? He looked at me and he said, I'm going to give you a new Papa J, and I'm going to keep the old one. So I asked him, Billy, I said, Austin, why are you going to keep the new, the old Papa Jay? Why can't I just give you a new? He said, oh, no, I want the old Papa Jay. Now, you ask me what I want for Christmas. I said, okay, Austin, you got it. And then Austin said to me, Sandy, he said, I, Grammy, Grammy, I want you to remember what you did last year. And I said, well, what did I do? He said, you gave my mama five $20 bills in her Christmas card and you gave me one. <laughs> and he said, Grammy, Grammy, I don't want that to happen again. So I decided I better not give anybody $20 bills because not only does Austin County keeps a record, but he has a vivid imagination. And then I said to him, is there anything else that you would like to do for Christmas? He said, yes, I wanna go to a tropical island. I said, when? Next year, he goes, no. I said, when you're seven, he goes, no, I want to go when I'm eight. And I said, well, what's so special about eight? He said, I want to go at eight to a tropical island. In other words, Austin reminded me of the power of having expectations. He reminded me of the power in expecting and anticipating something greater than you. So today, I thank Austin for shaking me up and helping me to realize that there are times when we clutter our lives with things that don't have any positive influence on us. But when you can count $20 bills, sing Albuquerque Turkey, plan a trip to a tropical island, and ask for money and know exactly what you want, that's enthusiasm for me. So we love and praise God for Austin. I think there's a... Uh, picture here because Deacon Jay swears that Austin is his twin and if we don't see it you have to hear it all night so we just say oh yeah we got it we got it we got it today we talk about John the Baptist and we talk about John in the context of John coming 
to share the good news of Jesus Christ. His prophetic ministry was unique in its scope and detail in announcing the Messiah. And today on the second Sunday of Advent season, we will focus on the important ministry of John the Baptist in preparing the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. We will also draw a parallel between participating and preparing for our Lord and Savior every day of our lives. We should be preparing and participating in the work of Jesus Christ. And when we prepare, it means that we have measure by provision by which we take the time and we share. And what we do is we prepare by arranging, constructing, education, formation. There are so many things that we do to prepare. So the act of preparing helps us to engage with the Holy Spirit. And when we engage with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps to prepare us to give the message of hope that is of Jesus Christ. God sent Gabriel from the side in heaven to tell Zechariah, the priest, about the forthcoming birth of a son to be named John. You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him and to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. It's time for the church to stop being timid about the message of Jesus Christ our Lord and what God has done for us. It's time for us to witness with enthusiasm what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. What if a person is either saved or miss heaven altogether because of your lack of enthusiasm, because your testimony is weak, because you don't tell the story with enthusiasm. You, you treat it just as if it's another everyday story. No, it's not. That we were doomed, but God bailed us out and sent a son, his only son, the greatest act of love we will ever know so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He went on to the countryside around the Jordan, and you know there are many images of John in the Bible and pictures that people create of him of his hair that was a little kinky, I think, and his complexion and the way he dressed. Translation is it doesn't matter how you dress or the grade of your hair or the color of your hair or whether you have hair at all. If you are called by God, trust God to give you the word you need for your assignment. If you are called by God, you don't have to step into anybody else's assignment. You see, we get confused because we don't want to do what God has called us to do. We want to do what we want to do and then give glory to God. And God is saying, no, I can't bless you because that's not what I told you to do. So it's time for us to get that right. It's time for us to understand that there is a, an assignment with your name on it. And John gives us an excellent example because John had been appointed some 30 years earlier, Pastor Joseph, but God sent a specific time in history for John to show up. God has already designated places where you ought to be right now. And you're waiting to get enough confidence so that you can go in your Holy Ghost power. 
But if God called you, God will equip you, God will send you, and God will bless you. If you are not being blessed in your ministry, maybe you're in the wrong seat. And it's not what God has called you to do. If there are no favorable results in what you're doing, maybe you're in the wrong car and not the one that God put you in. If nobody hears your message when you testify and tell of the glory of Lord and there is no impact at all, maybe you don't have the story that you think you have. What John teaches us is if God calls you, God will put you in the wilderness you need to be in so that you will be used for his glory at the right time. Anybody in the wilderness? Anybody in here in the wilderness? Ask yourself, why, dear God, am I in the wilderness? And there are so many others. I know they ought to be in the wilderness. But they're partying and having a good time. And here I am over here doing your work all by myself. But sometimes you end up in the wilderness all by yourself. And I'm here to tell you, if God puts you in the wilderness, he will bring you out. <laughs> he will bring you out. And the word says that John came preaching and teaching. We do spiritual gift profiles so that people will know how they're wired spiritually. We do spiritual gifts profiles as part of our orientation because all of us need to know how God has blessed us and gifted us so that when we come here, we can do things to God's glory. So the church has to always ask, am I in the right place at the right time doing the right thing for the right God and the right people? It's never about us and our egos. Do I sweep floors? Yes. Clean up the bathroom? Yes. Do whatever's necessary? Yes. Because when you're being called by God, you do not write the job description yourself. The Lord writes the job description, and the Lord tells you what to do. And another bonus you get is you get free Holy Ghost coaching 24 hours a day. That you never have to make a decision on your own. Because God has a backup to say, no, Preston, that's not what I said. I said go right. Go left if you want to, but I said go right. And so now here we are in Advent. Who have you shared any evidence with? Or are you still caught up in your own world? According to Luke, John grew up and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness. And he obeyed God under all circumstances. So today I'm asking you, what is God calling you to do? Are you playing instruments because God said so? Or because you, that's your gift, Alice? Am I the pastor of the church because I want to be a pastor? Or did God say I was supposed to be one? We all have to ask ourselves those questions because what happens is that when we are empowered by the Spirit, the Lord God works miracles in us. And it's time for us to understand that ministry is not about us and how we feel. It's what God has already done and waiting on us to tell a dark world, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to die in sin. One of the things that came to me when we had death in my family uh, last week is that I realized that sometimes we don't take enough time to engage the people around us that we love 
to find out if they know Jesus or not. We make assumptions that they do. But to tell the truth, there are people in our own households who are not saved. And we need to be bold enough in the name of Jesus to ask that question. Do you know Jesus in the pardon of your sin? Do you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord? I thought of that, and I can't get rid of that thought because the Holy Ghost is trying to remind me we need to be intentional in our asking. We need to be intentional in knowing, not to be a pest, but to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So ministry requires us to go. Not where you want to go. Sometimes ministry says you need to go to prison and read to the prisoners. I did that for a week. I decided that was not my ministry. Sometimes ministry causes you to go places and you feel like, uh-uh, this might be popular, but it's not what God is calling me to do. And so today I encourage all of us to not only, not only get excited about Christmas Day, but get excited about what God has done. We were designated before creation and have been called to participate. We cannot fulfill this ministry for Jesus inside the walls of our Sunday gathering places. We have to be like John and willing to go wherever God wants us to go. Ministry requires us to go, and I thank God for the opportunity in 2008 to go to South Africa on a mission trip. And it changed my life forever because I was overwhelmed with the intellect, the talents, the people, the environment. I was so, trusty Ed, impressed to meet people who could speak six or seven languages, and I have trouble with one. I was amazed to see what I saw with my own eyes and the images that have been placed on television of what being in Africa is really like. I was amazed to see the jail set of Mandela and the small space that he laid in for years and to see the wood carvings and where they would cut the stone every day and the men of color had no shoes on their feet. I was also impressed when Deacon Collette, Pastor Joseph and I, with Deacon Jay went to Niger in 2013 on a mission trip. We went there, I didn't know what to expect. But when we got there, we found the Bebots. That's how we met them. We discovered that there were people there who could not come to a worship service like this because their lives were in danger. And every time they said the name of Jesus, they were risking their own lives. And I said to myself, we come from a country where we say whatever we want to say at any time that we want to say it. But here are people who are willing to sacrifice their lives so that someone else would know that Jesus lives. And when we went to the Bebot's home for dinner, and they had three daughters, or have three daughters, when I, Susan being a physician, and Jeremy doing the work that he was in agriculture and nature, and I realized that here are two people who have given up everything for the Lord. So when I asked them, how could we help? 
and they said that we could help provide transportation for them to get people who were dying at their clinic because they had no way to get them to the main hospital. And Pleasant Grove Church did purchase that vehicle. And the reason I bring this story up is because we recently saw an update from Susan and Jeremy. And Clinic Olivia has now been transformed into this hospital where people can come and get services. And I saw the work of the church being magnified when we love Jesus Christ and when we take the opportunity to do what God tells us to do. And so what I'm saying to you, church, is that during Advent, let's look for ways that we can magnify and participate in the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons that I believe that Pleasant Grove Church has gotten such favor from God is because we have taken what God has given us and we have shared it according to God's divine plan. And there is evidence that we are doing things in this church which are totally impossible for others. It's because the grace of God is upon us. So will you help me give God all praise, all honor, and all glory for every opportunity we have to be the people of Jesus Christ. I thank God for Pastor Joseph giving us that opportunity, telling us. And I thank God for a people who will say, yes, Lord, I will witness for you. Yes, Lord, I will work for you. Yes, Lord, I will participate in ministry for you. I give all praise, honor, and glory to Almighty God. Due to our partnership with Jesus, we should do three things. Due to our partnership with Jesus, we should do three things. Get rid of the clutter. If your clutter is gossip, get rid of it. If your clutter is bad family members, drop out. If your clutter is drinking, stop. If your clutter is drugs, if you're whatever the clutter is in your life that causes you to say, I cannot witness for Jesus, you need to get rid of it. And if you don't know what it is, you can pray to a God who will tell you all about your stuff and nobody else will know. So sometime during Advent, you need to have a declutter prayer with the Lord. And you need to go into your prayer closet and ask God to show you the clutter in your heart and the clutter in your life, which does not impact you as positively as a witness. Number two, prepare the way through time with the Holy Spirit. Where there is no prayer, where there is no meditation, where there is no time with God, there is no ministry. Because God directs ministry. It is God who shows us where to go. It is God that whispers, so no relationship with the Holy Spirit, Ruth, does not allow us to do anything. We are just pleasing ourselves. So you need to declutter your calendar and put some time on there with God so that you will get the blessings you need and the direction you need. And finally, we need to participate in the life of the church according to God's divine plan. We need to do what God has called us to do. 
The church has power when we do what God has called us to do. The church has power when the deacons are deacons and the pastors are pastors. The church has power when the trustees are trustees and the school teachers are the school teachers. The church has power when we know what our strengths are and when we go forward using our strengths to the glory of God. The church has power when we say, yes, Lord, everything that I have belongs to you. So I thank God for Advent. I thank God for a church family that I adore. I thank God for truth, and I thank God for the privilege of study. And I thank God that no matter where I am on December 25th, I will be able to say, Lord, you love me enough to send your only begotten son. I, I just thank God that the spirit of Christmas lives within me, and it is my prayer that the spirit of Christmas will live in your hearts and reign supreme, and you will be able to declutter and prepare the way for the Lord. Amen. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer in Jesus name I pray amen thank you for listening it is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God if you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.